welcome to the Mysteries Podcast. Mysteries, mysteries, mysteries. Today we are in exotic Mortlake, South London. Oh, the heat, Eleanor, the heat. It's so tropical. Um, and we are standing outside a impressive and exciting block of... Um, Houses on more like High Street, but what was here before? Well, w- what's the name of this block of flats, well, Eleanor? The name is John Dee's house. John Dee's house? Yes. As in? As in the magician and wizard John Dee. You, you mean Elizabeth the First's court wizard that's John what I mean. Dee, that's the, guy. the greatest mathematician in Elizabethan Europe? Yeah, that's exactly him. Yeah. The, the guy who communicated with angels yes. with Edward Kelly using yep. a spirit glass. Yes. That, so he'd have been doing that right here, where you we're standing? Right here. Not in, not in that house, but in a house on this site. Um, so what, what can we see from here? Nothing very exciting, to be honest. Um, we've, got, we've got some houses in front of us, a block of flats. We've got planes going overhead, cars... Very noisy. ...whipping around. Not very atmospheric. So yes, we are here on the site where John Dee's house would have been in the 15th, uh, 16th centuries. Uh, it was actually knocked down in the 19th century... Um, so we're only slightly, only about a century too late to actually see it. Boom! I know, it's very annoying. Stupid Victorians! But what's here instead? Anything? anything well, let's, let's have a wonder. Right, so uh, we're now in a sort of car parky really area. Very exciting. If anyone ever has not been to Mortlake and you're like, oh, I just, just want a taste, um, this is the podcast. Oh, oh, there's some rushes over there. Let's go and stand next to the rushes. And, okay, this yeah. is Will's idea, by the way. <laughs> so we're now Bike rack. We're going past some, some sheds. Oh, doubtless full of um, conical flasks and yeah. wizard things. Oh, there's a black crow overhead. That's oh, very scary. Oh, 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 here are the rushes. Now, I think these rushes must have been where his library was. His, confident, his, confident there. His famous... None. His no. famous library of 4,000 books. Um, yes, he had a very big library in, in this house. How do, do you think the house would have been as big as these flats? No. Bigger, bigger, and more wizard-shaped. Do you know, but do you really think it would have been? I think it would have been... I think the footprint would have been bigger. Okay. Uh, and I think it wouldn't have been at all. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, great. So that you can see what we can see, listeners, um, there are four stories to these flats. Um, don't try and burgle them, it'll be difficult. Um, and uh, there are some trees in the courtyard. It's, it's rather well planted. Very uh, exciting. Will was very keen on a walk around. Um, <laughs> I cynically don't think there's much to walk around, but, but he's pushing it. <laughs> oh, I am. Oh, look, look, Helena, a tree. I imagine that is where John Dee's laboratory was, where he did all his alchemy. Why do you think he lived south of the river? There's a question. Because uh, cheaper, it's just cheap. Is that just generally cheaper? I think was he born around here? Hmm, that's something we need to look into later on. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that he was, but somewhere that he wasn't, and I was going to check with you oh, before okay. we started. But yeah. Um, well, I should say John Dee was alive from uh, 1527 to 1609, so that's giving you some of his dates. This is where it would have been. It's on the high street. Um, it is near the river, so we are. Um, very close to the Thames, so that would have been obviously like a very busy place. He probably would have gone across the Thames to get to the get to the Queen's house. Actually, where, should, where would she have been? Hampton Court. Uh, well, she would have been all over the place. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Doing progresses and things. Yeah, yeah. God, it must be annoying moving oh. around all that much. Gosh, the road is getting crazy loud. Okay, well, should we um, should we tail off and head to the head to the the uh, pub? You mean <laughs> the pub that we think it's likely John D visited? Yes, that pub. Let's go to that pub. Woo-hoo. Hooray!
Okay, hello. So, where are we now, Will? We're at a pub. We're at a pub. Hooray. We do that a lot. We're at, um, <laughs> we're at the White Hart, which is just along the river, um, and it is a 17th century pub, so we're thinking maybe John might have drank here. I think it's likely. In fact, our friend Paul Duncan McGarrity told me oh, yeah? that he used to drink here all the time. Did he? He said he was certain of that and would uh, stake his reputation on it. Wow, that's quite a claim for a man who uh, doesn't really specialise in this kind of thing at all. <laughs> not at all. It's definitely not something you just made up. No, 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 no. No, this is... Uh, <laughs> so... Those of you who are regular Mysteries listeners will know that... We actually have some as well. They've tweeted me. They, re- they exist. So hi. Hello. Hi, guys. Thank you for sticking with us. We know we're very... Um, what's the word? Occasional. It's not, what happens is we both, we're both uh, self-employed, which means we're never free at the same time. So uh, that's, that's the excuse. But we will hopefully be back more regularly from now on. Yes. Fingers crossed. We'll be as back as Johann Sebastian back. Nice. Uh, what were you going to say about... Oh yeah. Um, so I've I've often he claims misattributed facts um, yeah, to, right. to him. So so from now on you're just going to do that. From, yeah. From now on, anytime there's anything dubious, I'm going to say Paul Duncan McGarrity nice. told me. Nice. Okay. I hope you don't get sued. Um, <laughs> so uh, right, we should get into it because of battery. Ah uh, yes, yes. Um, so we on the way here we visited um, the church. What was it called? Uh, the St Mary the Virgin. Mary the Virgin, um, which was where uh, John Dee is buried. There's no gravestone. There was a marker, though. So we had a look at that, so that was fun. It was great. Um, and we are now at the pub to talk more about magicians and wizards in general. Yes, absolutely. So Before we do that, yes. I thought it was interesting yes. that John Dee doesn't have a specific grave. Yes, and why did you think that was interesting? Uh, because he owned the massive big manor house uh, yep. that was next door, yep. which is where his famous uh, magic library was. And that's where we were. And, yeah, walking around, enjoying all the magic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, it's just peculiar that in the church that's next door to his manor, he wouldn't have had a massive gravestone. And I wonder whether that's to prevent uh, necromancers and shiz and and ting. Because the church disapproves of that sort of thing. Well, yeah, and because he's the sort of person who scary people would try to resurrect. Yes, that's true, because he was into that, wasn't he? So let's talk a bit more about his... um, Job, as it were, at Queen Elizabeth's court. So he he had a number of titles, didn't he? What did he do? Uh, he was um, a mathematician, mm-hmm. uh, a philosopher. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, he was uh, an occultist, um, uh, a natural philosopher, a wizard, an astronomer, an astrologer, mm-hmm. a wizard, a wizard, an alchemist, um, a wizard, a, fu- a future teller, a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was sort of an advisor to the Queen about, you know, what she should do like in the future, depending on her stars. You know, I guess maybe, what was she, a Sagittarius? I'm just guessing. Uh, <laughs> and you know what they're like. So, uh, yeah. So she really needed to, um, to sort of... Uh, that, this was a point in time where there was a bit of a, an overlap, as we talked about before, with... Um, um, the, the real and the, and the mystical, hmm. um, and they were both believed. You, you say it like they're not both real, Helena. Oh, good. <laughs> T- totally believe. <laughs> you know I'm supposed to be the, the Mulder, or no, the Scully. I'm supposed to be the Scully. Uh. Um, and um, who, who did he... So, who was his associate? His, his evil sidekick? Evil sidekick, Edward yes. Kelly. Edward Kelly. 1555 to 1597, a bit a younger. Dastardly necromancer. He was, and um, he was Irish, which I think might be something to do with uh, the reason why 
people uh, sort of weren't, he never really rose any, to any acclaimed rank. But he was also quite mistrustful. And how do we know that, Will? We know this because he was a charlatan and had no ears. He had no ears because... <laughs> uh, in his youth, uh, they'd been cut off because of his chicanery and ne'er-do-wellity. Yep, he, uh, he had been punished by having his ears cut off, which was uh, standard time for thievery, and so he always wore a skull cap to cover his, his ears, because if, uh, if you saw that he had no ears, you'd know he was mistrustful. Uh, untrustworthy. Mm. How else would he listen to podcasts? Exactly. Um, it's very sad. But anyway, they they mm. they sort of um, teamed up because they were both interested in this kind of thing, talking to angels, demons, and, and raising the dead. Oh well, no, no, not demons. Not demons. I'm sorry. Edward Kelly might have been into that kind of shiz, but um, not not John. No, not I'm John. He was a really using the word shiz a lot today. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I, like, I like it. It's very it's very um, <laughs> down with the kids. I shall use more down with the kids language as we, <laughs> we continue. Um, and uh, so they travelled across Europe together. Mm-hmm. They um, went to various courts um, and sort of showed off to royalty all about, you know, how much raising the dead they could do and telling the future <laughs> they could do and telling the stars and all this impressive stuff. And but they, they really did get some pretty impressive results, if results they were. Yes. The, the way this would work, John Dee had this um, awesome spirit glass, yep. which is awesome. You can see it to this day. It's in the British Museum. Um, and what does it look like? Can you it, describe it? Uh, it looks uh, not unlike, actually, the, the table we're, we're at right now. Oh, OK. Um, um, it's, have you seen it? No. It's so good. Um, it's a, a disc. It's smaller than this okay. table. Uh, a disc of completely uh, black, gleaming obsidian. The size of a dinner plate, maybe? A bit bigger. A bit big, okay, like a bit bigger yeah, than that. A serving plate. Okay. Um, and it's got a, a bit on it for holding or whatnot. Um, no one knows what it originally was. Oh. Um, John Dee said that it was given to him by the angel Uriel. Right. But it's far more likely that um, Cortez or someone brought it over from South America. Okay, I mean, that's equally cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a piece of probably So Aztec. it might be Az- Aztec. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they used to they used to use things, stuff like that as well, so maybe it was used for the same thing in Aztecia, as mm? I believe the country is called. Aztecia, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what did he, how did he use the the spirit glass, what did he do? Just sort of shouted into it, or uh, well, what do we know? Well, yeah, so there was a scryer, which for a while was his son, uh, and And what then... is a scryer? Let's just, let's just pretend our listeners are basic bitches and don't know. <laughs> Good Lord! No, Helena, no. That was very down with the kids. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> brap, brap, brap. No, no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, what's scrying? Uh, it's uh, seeing the... seeing other worlds, seeing the future, seeing... Um, uh, that which is invisible to silly naked mortal eyes. Yeah, like ours. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he had a, his son was a scryer. Yeah, um, and uh, Edward Kelly was as well. He was okay. he was better at it. Um, so you said so John didn't do his own scrying. No, uh, he didn't he would, have the power. I don't know entirely why. I, I, I'm assuming that's why. Um, but yeah, together they would. Um, uh, gaze into this this piece of obsidian. There was, they also sometimes used a crystal ball. Oh yeah, um, standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Edward Kelly would um, say out loud everything that the uh, the angels were telling him. Yeah, and um, it was a sort of sad ending to the partnership. Oh yeah, I think we yeah. Could say, uh, can you tell us what happened? Well, so they they go around Europe. But um, they're they're popular in London. Elizabeth I consults John Dee all the time. He is literally her court wizard. Yep. Um, and one day, this uh, Polish nobleman um, 
called Count Lasky uh, comes over, and Elizabeth goes, "Ah, you must meet my court wizard. He's a he's a jolly fellow." And Count Lasky is so enamoured of John D and Edward Kelly that he goes, "You guys have got to come to Poland." Um, and he shows them around Poland a bit. They become the court wizard of Stefan Battery, um, and. Um, there, I think there's a papal nuncio um, saying, oh, Stefan Battery, throw these ones out, they're okay, wizards. Okay, so the Pope was anti-John. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they, they start wandering again, and at some point, um, Edward Kelly becomes a very famous alchemist. Yep. Um, we're going to do a separate episode on alchemy, we are, so, so we're not, not much on that no. for now, but it involves turning lead into gold. Yep. And everyone was very keen, uh, because there was a bit of a currency crisis going on, yeah. um, to uh, to enlist Edward Kelly as their alchemist. I mean, they haven't thought about overinflation, though, have they? Uh, no, no, they... Actually, they did. Um, this is weird. Henry IV, uh-huh. in the 14th century, yes. um, outlawed alchemy because it risked too much inflation. Oh, OK. And I, I don't think it's ever been repealed. I think alchemy is still very much illegal. And that's why we've never it's never worked. Well, until I did it at yeah, the end of, course, of Fringe. Of course. But for <laughs> another time. So then what happened? So, yes, then uh, Edward Kelly uh, wanted to take these lucrative alchemy jobs, but he was bound to John Dee. So um, whether he's been making up the angel voices up to this point, he almost certainly makes this one up. He goes, yeah, uh, they had this one particular angel uh, who was called Maddie... Um... I only know about Uriel. I remember Uriel from... Oh, th- this one was a seven-year-old girl who Creepy. was... Creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was half angel, half elf. Um, and her name was Maddie something. Um, and one day she said uh, to Edward Kelly, supposedly, Hey, you two are, are, are good chums. You should share everything, especially your wives. Yep. Um, and how keen was, was John on that? Ah, he wasn't. Remotely keen. What a massive surprise. Yeah. He, he went, no, what, what are you talking about, Edward Kelly? The, the, she would never say that. And then later he relented. Oh, he did relent. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And no one had a nice time. No, and... of course not. So they were sharing wives because an angel told them to, or maybe because Edward Kelly... Randy Edward Kelly. ...wanted to get some, yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's possible that he was the father of John Dee's son. Oh, uh, one of John Dee's sons. And double a twist. Yeah, double yeah. twist. Um, so that's John Dee. Anything else we want to say about the necromancy or anything? Uh, well, yeah, they the were. That, that uh, most of me stupidly putting my pipe down. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they. Um, there were lots of rumours that stuck to them, uh, including that they would um, go to graves and raise the dead and, yep. and, and uh, do all sorts of banned dark magic. That the first rumours of magic started attaching to John Dee when he was at university. Okay. Um, he was at John's Cambridge, uh, the Baddy College, and while he was there, he did a student show, much like um, everyone in yeah. Cambridge does. Um, and he had some really cool special effects. Uh, there was um, a flying beetle he made. Okay. Um, for a, uh, I think, an Aristophanes play. And oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, the special effects he designed were so good that it just looked like a flying beetle and everyone went, ah, a terrifying wizard who's made this beetle fly for purposes of drama. Um, oh, it's saying here that um, he was also born in Tower Ward, London. Interesting. So where's Tower Ward, do you know? I mean, is it near the tower? Near the tower, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and then he moved to Mortlake. So this isn't where he was born, but it was where he spent a lot of his life. Oh, okay. Um, and um, he... He had a bit. Would you say he had a downfall 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he got back from Europe after he split up with Edmund... uh, Edmund? Keep saying that. Edward Kelly. Um, And um, found that his fabulous uh, library that had been his life's work to put together of 4,000 books was pretty much not there anymore. And his house had been completely ransacked. And opinions divided as to why that was. It could have been because... um, a mob of people um, who thought he was a devil worshipper just laid waste to his house. Um, yep. Or it could have been because his incompetent brother-in-law, who he was, um, uh, who he'd put in charge of, of looking after the house, um, just uh, let people in who were book thieves. Um, so a lot of John Dee's library does still exist. Mm. Um, there was an exhibition of lots of it last year. Oh, that's cool. At the Royal College of Physicians. They've got... Um, the um, <laughs> the bits of the library that were stolen by a guy called Nicholas Saunders. Uh, that guy. Hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. Book um, Fifi Saunders. Uh, yeah, he says he spent his final years here in poverty, um, which is sad, and he had to sell off his possessions. Obviously, he was alive when James I slash sixth took to the fro- throne. Um, that's a lot to say in one word. Um, yeah. And um, surprisingly, he wasn't interested in having John Dee as his magical advisor because because James the sixth was really into magic. He was blooming obsessed with it, yeah. But I guess he was anti-magic, wasn't he? He was a bit of a, a, a sort of... He wrote a book all about witchcraft and how to stamp out witches. So maybe he didn't trust John Dee for that reason. Maybe he, he certainly didn't. He didn't. But he, he did believe in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So um, it's interesting that he chose not to um, not to continue that... Uh... But also not to burn John Dee. Yeah, or, yeah well, yeah. that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. I guess... Uh, <laughs> I'd say maybe, maybe that some of that is a bit of sexism as well, because he was a man and... Yeah. Maybe, like, you know... I guess uh, he, he, he seemed a bit harmless, possibly. Well, I don't know. We, we should probably describe what John Dee looked like. Cause... He looked like uh, kind of standard Dumbledore. Um, he is his most famous portrait is him in a skull cap with a little ruff and a beard. Um, so sort of like sort of an old wise old man kind of thing. He literally has a long pointed white beard. Yep. Uh, has wizard robes. He probably looked different when he was younger. I'm just going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, John, D- that's a sort of overview of John D. Yeah. Should yeah. we go into some other wizards? Yeah. And magicians? Because yeah. there's a lot of them. There uh, is a lot of them. Um, so I've, I've mostly looked up British ones because mm. otherwise we'd be here all day. Um, I started with Merlin. Oh yeah. Now we're doing real life magicians. Like but, Merlin. But yeah, but there's the, you know the, there is mention of Merlin from the 12th century. Um, he first appears in writings from Geoffrey of Monmouth. I have a different... Oh, oh, go on then. I thought he was first in the Mabinogion. Mm. He could well be, but, but in Welsh literature, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, because yeah. it's, it's meant to be a, a Welsh name, apparently, as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he, he might be based on a real person. Probably isn't, but he's very interesting. He's sort of where you... I, could, I think we could say all the kind of classic wizard figures come from Dumbledore... Gandalf, that kind of thing. Oh, him, him, and others. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's Merlin. Uh, I mean, he's he's proper cool. Um, so he's sort of the starter, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's one of two good Slytherins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, if any of you are on the Pottermore website and uh, have done the sorting hat test quiz thing they have, and have unexpectedly got Slytherin, and like me, have been perturbed by this yeah. and have then sought solace uh, in, in the chat rooms of the internet for an entire evening you'll find that the one thing they always say is Slytherin uh, no uh, they say Merlin was a Slytherin it's fine wouldn't know mate Ravenclaw wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't know um, but Merlin so his his uh, supposed origins very interesting he was apparently the product of an incubus which is a male demon and a woman Yeah. so he's a sort of half human half um, 
uh, demon. Mm, a um, tiefling for all you Dungeons and Dragoners out there. Uh, not me. And um, <laughs> and uh, so he was sort of imbued with magical powers from an early age. And um, uh, there's lots of different stories about him, lots of myths, um, not just related to the Arthurian legend, but generally. Um, and he um, he was uh, bewitched and imprisoned by various magical ladies apparently sometimes it's the sometimes it's the lady in the lake sometimes it's uh, Morghese who is a, there's lots of different ladies that kind of get blended into one yeah. uh, but he was in love with a, with a sorceress and she um, she imprisoned him which is a bit mean mm. um, and apparently now legend has it he lives in a glass house in the North Sea although opinions divided Irish um, Sea Irish Sea <laughs> I did mean Irish Sea actually um, but he could also have turned into stone oh okay um there's other versions at the end of the legend where he gets very slowly petrified. Um, slowly, that's <laughs> over like hundreds of years and feels Ooh, it happening. That's and tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, is there another one? Oh yeah, of course, there's the T.H. White one, which I think is yes. more fictional than What's the Future King? Where he lives backwards and is. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So he's always talking about the future, and that's what the Disney one was based on, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. always going to Bermuda and things like that. Yeah. Um, me to Bermuda. That's the one. I like that one actually. Mm. Um, he um, he's also the uh, subject of the popular BBC show Merlin, where <laughs> in that show he looks exactly like my brother. It's very weird. Um, but Merlin is sort of. Um, Yes, yeah, sort of, sort of a, a figure. Probably, maybe based. Could we say on on some of the earlier uh, Celtic kind of druidic figures as well? Almost certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so because they would have they would have done pagan kind of rituals would have been uh, something that's incorporated into the kind of mythos of, of Arthurian legend and appearance wise as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, druids are thought at times, um, or if not druids, then Germanic priest kings. Um, I thought to have worn um, huge conical golden oh, um, crown hat. Lovely. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is where wizards' hats come from, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's Merlin, sort of the starter, starter wizard. Um, I've then got now he's French, but I thought I'd put him in because he's fun. Nicolas Flamel. <laughs> oh, Nicolas Flamel. Oh, Nicolas Flamel. Flamel. Nicolas Flamel. Nick Flannel. Nick Flannel. Um, and he's thirteen thirty to forty eighteen. Uh, if you've read Harry Potter, uh, or at least the first one, you will know that he's a character in it. He is um, um, an alchemist who has discovered the uh, Philosopher's Stone, which is meant to make you live forever. That's who he is in the book, but in real life, he actually existed, and he was an alchemist. And yes, as you said, he was involved in trying to turn um, metal into gold. And I think, no, so no long liberty at all was ever in there. Um, the... <laughs> It, 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 it's sort a bit of, of a grey area. Okay. Yeah, um, they were saving some for the alchemy episode. They were um, great pioneers of medicine. Okay, and so it would be about prolonging life rather right. than uh, and prolonging health and youth, as opposed to you know uh, immortality. Yeah, the pill of immortality is the uh, the gold of Chinese alchemy. Okay, right, um, and it's. Uh, yeah, it gets very spooky. And in, in the 19th century, the likes of silly Alistair Crowley mixed the two things up and everyone just followed his lead. More on him to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so apparently Nicholas Flamel um, became incredibly wealthy at some point and uh, no one knows whether or not that's because he inherited it or because he actually did find the elixir for gold or he stole it from someone. 
though he wrote a book, uh-huh. um, which told it's it's so rollicking. Um, I can make you rich, and then it's him on the front, like with his arms folded. It's it's all it's actually it is so nearly that. Yeah. Um, it's it's the medieval equivalent of one of those books. Okay, self help. Yeah, yeah, um, but for alchemists, um, he uh, is a poor scrivener um, uh-huh. in in medieval Paris, and um, he comes into possession of this ancient book um, which he knows from his learning is a book of alchemy that will tell him how to create the Philosopher's Stone. There were lots of these books. I was going to say, do you know what it was called? Um, He does say, and I've forgotten, but it'll be based, because they all are, of a base recipe called the Emerald Tablet. Okay. Um, This is brilliant. Uh, The Emerald Tablet is supposed to have been written by Hermes Trismegistus. Wow. um, Say it again. Hermes Trismegistus. Lovely. On a massive slab of emerald. Uh-huh. Which... Because uh, that's what you should use it for. <laughs> it gives you infinite gold. What Anna. a waste of jewellery. Anyway. <laughs> um, which then gets um, prized out of um, Sarah from the Bible's dead hands in a... Uh, oh, no. Alexander the Great's dead hands in a cave by Sarah from the Bible. Wow. Um, and, and Very dramatic. Yeah, it's everything about this is Indiana Jones, brilliant. yeah. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't know how to read it because alchemists would uh, write in a code which they themselves literally just made up on the spur of the moment. That sounds incredibly inconvenient. It really is. The idea was if the person reading it was worthy enough, oh, they they'd could be just able to. understand it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it's it's brilliant. It's semiotically fascinating. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he spent he and his wife actually, who often gets overlooked, um, she was an equal yeah. partner in this, um, spent their entire lives, 30 years, um, reading uh, this book, trying to work out how to read it. In the end, um, she died before he could succeed, uh, before they could succeed, I'm doing it myself. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so he went to Madrid, I believe? Um, uh, Santiago de Compostela? One, where he met a a learned Jewish gentleman um, who... Oh yes, you've got that. I've got the other half, um, like in uh, Ben Nelson's Broomsticks. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah uh, he knows how to read. He um, conveniently dies on the the passage back to Paris. Right. But on the way, he's told Nicolas Flamel enough that over the next thirty years, he's able to decipher the rest of the book and live forever. Great. Or you know, get fabulously wealthy. Yes. And live either for some or. Time. Nice. <laughs> um, so that's Flamel. Um, now I've got a Scottish one. I've got Michael Scott. Ah. He was 1175 to 1232. I believe he's from Lanarkshire originally. Uh, no, forget that. That was Major Weir. That's who I'm thinking Ooh, of. Ooh, scary Major he's, Weir. He's later on. Um, so Michael Scott was, um, lot, again, lots of different things. A lot of these people tend to have like sort of a big CV of various different jobs. Mm. So he was sort of a um, scholar, churchman. He um, was very widely read. He was like, you could speak lots of languages, Latin, Greek, Arabic, Hebrew. He um, apparently studied abroad. Um, apparently he was personal astrologer to the Holy Roman Emperor and tutor to the Pope Um, but again this is all quite sort of legendary but he used to communicate with spirits as well Um, and um, he also uh, he was a sort of uh, anti-witch guy so he would battle witches and turn them into stone and fight off demons so a a bit like John Dee he was sort of um, a goody wizard. Yes, quite a religious one. Although Dante Alighieri does put him in hell. Yes, well, this is the thing. Uh, he is... Uh, the, the magic he uses, uh, according to legend, is meant to um, rob him of uh, his, his soul, in a way, and he gets stuck in hell. Uh, hell reserved for wizards, apparently. 
Uh, so a, a type of hell reserved purely for wizards. Yeah, it's, it's in the Divine Comedy. Yes. It's, um, yeah, one of, one of the circles. Um, so, you know, if you ever go there, do say hello. And um, <laughs> Michael Scott is famously played by Peter Mullen in the children's classic CBBC show Shoebox Zoo, which <laughs> um, I definitely watched. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch it. No, uh, I was only I was 12 at the time, so you would have been at about 37 37 um, <laughs> anything else to add about Michael Scott isn't he supposed to have studied at a particular satanic school possibly I it, I might be confusing him with another one but there's this um, I know it because it's mentioned in a, an Emma James story oh really uh, Count Magnus um, oh okay uh, it's said that this this count who later becomes a vampire who kills an academic like in every Emma James story spoilers um <laughs> Oh, it's like it's like uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, there, yeah, there is yeah. a formula to that. They're great. Though. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, uh, he is said locally to have studied at this school, um, and should have looked it up before the podcast. But it's called um, whereabouts is it? I think in Eastern Europe. That sounds about right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But does that make sense? Because um, surely he was anti-demon, so why would he study at a? Because it's legend. Yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. Everything's got to be cool. A lot of people are supposed to study that. I think um, the uh, the main tutor is supposed to have been Satan himself. Oh wow! And you'd you'd go in and um, you know you'd lose your soul. Sounds sounds fair. Would you do that? Would you swap people? No, no. <laughs> no. me neither. Not worth it. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so he was another figure who was sort of dips in and out of legend, um, and then we get to um, Major Weir. Mm, terrifying. Another Scottish um, magician. He was uh, he was a ma- he was in the army. He lived on the West Bow, which is now Victoria Street. If you know Edinburgh, Victoria mm-hmm. Place. The um, not Diagon Alley. Not Diagon Alley, no. Um, and <laughs> it's it's all very picturesque now. But it, it was where his house stood um, um, in the sixteenth, uh, seventeenth century. So he, his dates are fifteen ninety nine, sixteen seventy. Um, and he was a uh, very religious, very respected, normal guy. But then in 1670, um, he's at church and he suddenly says, I'm a witch. And everyone's like, what? And he's like, I've done really bad things. I'm terrible. And everyone's like, this seems, this seems weird. And he's like, no, no, I, I, I promise. And what's more, I've been doing my sister. And everyone's like, oh, OK, we should probably look into this. And um, basically a trial came about with um, the major and his sister Grizzle. Uh, yeah, a beautiful Scottish name. Um, they were both put, put on trial, and they both um, confessed to all this sort of sexual deviance and, and, and magic and um, consorting with the devil um, and all this stuff. Major Weir had this um, sort of staff that he used for his magic, and um, they were both um, put to death because of these uh, these accusations. The and staff. Sorry, I totally get you. No, I was going to say the, the staff allegedly um, jumped around in the fire while while um, Major Weir was burning. And wasn't it like a, a sentient staff? Didn't it yes. walk in front of him on roads and things? I believe so, something like that. It was certainly imbued with powers. <laughs> um, and uh, and so legend has it now that um, you're meant to see the ghost of um, Major Weir in his carriage. I think, or is it the devil's carriage? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah coming yeah. to collect Major Weir and driving up and down Victoria Street. Um, <clears> so let me know if anyone's ever seen that. Um, and that's Major Weir, so again, sort of quite a dark figure this time. So he was a sort of bad magician, as if you're gonna, if you're gonna mix it up like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, quite quite late actually, 1670. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, 
probably just mentally ill, really, it's quite sad um, that he should... Because, you know, no one would have ever done anything if he hadn't suddenly leapt up and said, I'm a witch, I'm a, I'm a wizard. Hmm. Um, well, unless he actually was one. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Uh, why, yeah. why would he confess? Why wouldn't he keep a secret? Guilt. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he was in church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Je- Jesus was looking down on him. Hmm. Um, anything else to add about the major? Um, no, I not not Major Weir. Yeah. No, no, no. Unless, uh, was was he called his name because he likes to urinate? Major Weir. Oh, right. Yes. No, it's Scottish. Scottish <laughs> word. Right. Yes, you're being pretty insensitive. <laughs> um, and then the last one on my list is Alistair Crowley. Ooh. The most modern guy we're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about anyway. The um, most terrifying man in the world. A bald man. Um, he <laughs> is... His dates are 1875 to 1947. So he died less than 100 years ago. And he was, um, again, lots of different sort of uh, occupations. He was a cultist. He was a Satanist. He was an alchemist. Um, he was basically a rich kid with um, a weird mother complex and some um, weird sexual interests who decided to um, make a career out of that. Now, he's notoriously known as the, the wickedest man in the world, but is that true, Will? Um, he, yes, it is. Um, he, he had disciples who he'd just allowed to die right. um, through neglect. Right. Um, Things like like a like a crazy cat owner. Yes, yeah. But if that crazy cat owner did stuff like taking their disciples, uh, taking their cats uh, into the desert and oh. saying, "Haha, I'm allowed this water," but as a test, you're not. That's not on. <laughs> it's it's really not. Like an evil Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which I think is what he was going for. Um, yeah, he was part of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, mm-hmm. which he joined in 1898, um, and that was a sort of occultist group. Is that a good way to Yeah, yeah, it? they had lots of illustrious members. Yeah, who, who else did they have? Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, yeah. W.B. Yeats. Lots of very sensible people. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, guys. They were very silly. Uh, yeah. But I like them. But I think he fell out with them after a while. Uh, yes, And he, he went off did. and did his own thing. Um, Interesting, bringing it full circle, Golden Dawn um, thingamadoobery. Um the Golden Dawn, of course, used to also try to communicate with otherworldly beings. Yeah. Uh, WB Yeats at one point had a massive conversation with the Queen of Fairy. Okay. Um, and they used uh, a lot of John Dee's um, research. Oh. Uh, specifically, the language he and Simon uh, and Edward Kelly. Si- Who's Simon? I'm, I'm mixing up with Simon Foreman. Yeah, they invented this language called Enochian, um, okay. which was the universal ancient pre-Tower of Babel language okay. that the angels would speak in. Okay. And um, uh, yeah. Golden Dawn drew from, um, from 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 what John Dee had, had said and done and done and said and written. Alistair Crowley's big thing was he was very into... Um, this was at a time, remember, when people were making colonialism in, in the Middle East and things, and so there was lots of um, interest in Victorian and Edwardian England in uh, um, Egyptian things, in mm. Far Eastern sort of mysticism. He was very into Egyptian... Um, uh, ancient Egyptian beliefs and he claimed that the Egyptian god Horus gave him a message that he was the new age prophet so that's nice that is fun um, and his he, he wrote a book called the book of the law mm. which was his kind of bible of occultism and he, basically the, the number one commandment was do what thou wilt 
um, which gives you a bit of an idea in what kind of uh, personal life he had. He was <laughs> very into drugs, very into orgies, very sort of uh, hedonistic, um, and unsurprisingly, he died in poverty. <laughs> um, honestly, though, I think it's fair to say, I could just imagine, like, if you knew him, he would have been a prick. Like, I just think oh, absolutely. he thought he was so amazing, and he was just like, I'm this great guy, I'm really cool. Um, he wrote all this silly poetry, he did all this sort of writings, he just thought he was a genius. Um, and I think, for me, he just seems like a kind of rich rich boy with nothing else to do, who, who has a sort of... Decides to be evil. Yeah, he has a complex. I just, ah, yeah. oh, he would definitely have been a mansplainer. Like, I think imagining being around him as a woman <laughs> would have been unbearable. So, um... So yeah, I'm not keen on him. I don't know you. You a lot of people think he's quite cool, oh, I like but him I'm not into but I, you him. Know, I, I, I believe all this stuff. I, I, I don't like him. Yeah, um, no, I, I think he's. He was also pretty good friends with Montague Summers. Okay. Um, who is? Um, uh, I mean, a, a great expert. He's. Um, I've quoted him a fair bit in in my, yeah. in my writings. Um, he's one of the great experts of the of all time on Gothic literature and. Great. Um, like what he wrote this book, a lot of which is utter nonsense, called The Vampire, yep. uh, which is supposedly a collation of vampire folklore, and actually a lot of it is just made up, but he was just unspeakably evil, um, certainly a paedophile. Um, oh, gross. At one point, he just disappears for a year. Uh, no one knows where he is or what he's doing. He's um, just just completely off the map for a year. And we don't know, we never know what he's done. Um, no, no, nobody, nobody to this day, uh, as far as I'm aware, knows what. I bet he's he was getting drunk to. somewhere. <laughs> um, so that is um, a sort of overview of Alistair Crowley. Do you want to say anything else about Alistair Crowley? Um, he was um, he was quite a famous figure at the time. He also he had a house on on Loch Ness, um, which I think was bought by someone from the Rolling Stones afterwards, or someone oh, like yeah. that, someone else sort of zeitgeist um, and he used to hold orgies there as well and he was very I mean but you look at him he just looks he looks like an accountant you know, he's got this sort of bald head he's a bit of a miscellany to him Any as well of you accountants listening you're very handsome yeah 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 yeah. well he just he just looks like a boring sort of slightly overweight man who's probably a bit just oh god I just think he looks unbearable um, <laughs> and you know you imagine this like cool magician and it's actually like this this sort of weird looking bloke who, who was a bit bit predatory bit creepy bit bit nasty if not an out and out sort of murderer definitely not a great guy to hang around mm. um, but yes his idea of, of magic was um, things like contacting the dead telling the future um, lots of ritual magic so you could get what you wanted in life Sort of um, so another another one of the baddies there. Mm. Um, do you have any magicians you'd like to mention? I mean, there's the guy I mixed Edward Kelly up with moments yeah, ago. Yeah, go, go uh, for it. <laughs> old Simon Foreman. Um, he was probably a poisoner. Ooh. Um, he um, after his death, which he accurately predicted. Yeah. Um, I can predict I'm going to die. <laughs> you can't necessarily predict that, Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> woman is first woman to live forever. Yeah. Everyone's died so far. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Um, and what did he do? Uh, so, post-mortem, he was implicated in this poisoning. Um, but he was uh, maybe Shakespeare's doctor. Oh, um, okay. That guy in Shakespeare in love with the... Um, uh, the, the psychotherapy session. It's literally about ten years since I've seen it, but okay. 
there is a guy in Shakespeare in Love uh-huh. uh, who does a sort of proto psychotherapy session with Shakespeare. Oh, okay. Um, and that's Simon Foreman. Um, oh, okay. He definitely was the doctor of Shakespeare's landlady. Um, and like a lot of people who knew Shakespeare well, yeah. um, and he was a uh, like like John Dee. He was one of these. Um, they were around the same time, of course, as well. Um, one of these uh, scary uh, mystical society figures. Um, except Foreman was a lot sketchier. And if you look okay. at pictures of him, he looks terrifying. <laughs> like where John Dee looks cool and wonderful and everything that a wizard should. Um, Simon Foreman just like if you were on a train with him. Yeah. You would um, not speak or make any eye contact. It, I'm gonna look him up right now. I wonder what. I wonder what we're looking for. So, oh yes, he's got a big sort of um, overhanging brow. He's like. He looks a bit like a serial killer. Have you seen Carry On Screaming? Uh, yes. He's like the monsters in Carry On Screaming. <laughs> there you go, guys. A very up-to-date reference there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Crying he... tonight, he looks, says Kenneth Williams. <laughs> he looks a bit... Uh, yeah, he looks quite intense from the from the uh, picture I've got here. Um, yeah, and again, that's the kind of mixture of medicine and sort of science and mm. sort of mysticism, which was very much at the forefront of what they were doing at that point in time, because... Uh, everything was blurred. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, gosh, who else was there around Elizabethan times? I mean, there were lots of um, theories that Francis Drake was a wizard. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, And why yeah. is this? Who, who kind of put that about? Um, uh, folklore, really. Uh, it, it was the sort of thing... You know, blacksmiths were generally considered to be wizards back in the day. No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Um, in folk music, um, there's a lot of um, times where, in the very old songs... If there's a wizard, they'll just be referred to as the smith. Oh, okay. Or the blacksmith. Oh. Or, yeah, uh, because they. It, it's a similar sort of thing to alchemy. They're transmuting yeah. metals. They're, yeah, um, sure. they're changing the form of a thing and oh. doing this thing that nobody knows how to do. And it, it's, it's an uncanny ability. Um, that sort of thing. Of course, a lot of what John Dee was up to was just um, applied maths. Right. Uh, and maths itself was a very suspect thing. Okay. So yeah, a lot of what um, John Dee was uh, up to was was maths based, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, maths was was highly suspect uh, because of numerology um, and because it referred to invisible underlying systems um, that uh, were beyond the physical, tangible, visible world. Okay. Um, it, it just smacked of magic to a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, there were lots of um, uh, condemnations uh, in print of, of maths and uh, of, 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 of the practitioners of maths as, as workers of magic. And so even in what we would today consider the, the more benign side of his, his work, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Euclidean geometry and the, um, the astronomy observations, he was still going to be under fire. Um, because maths was as bad as, right. as necromancy wow. uh, in a lot of people's eyes. In my eyes. Well, quite. <laughs> so, yeah, doctors, blacksmiths, mathematicians, okay. it's, it's anyone with these strange right. abilities okay, okay. would come under suspic- uh, suspicion of, of, of witchcraft. Um, I've got an interesting character here that there's just a little bit of info on. This is from The Guardian. Hugh Draper, have you heard of him? No, I haven't. So he was... Um, uh, what was his job? I think he was um, an innkeeper, 16th century innkeeper from Bristol, mm. and he was sent to the Tower of London for sorcery. And um, 
he uh, he sort of he claimed he, he'd given up magic and he burned all his books but he claims to have given up all his magic but in, in the tower he was kept in in the Tower of London he has carved this amazing astrological sort of black magic symbol thing I'll show you the picture here so, so it looks kind of like um, an astrolabe Yes, uh, it looks a bit like a, what do you call it? What's that thing you draw in when you're a child? Um, oh, yeah, an sketch. Yeah, no, Spirograph. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he's carved this on the wall, and I believe you can still see it um, today. And he writes, Hugh Draper of Bristow made this sphere on the 30th day of May, anno 1561. So, um, so it's still there, apparently. Cool. So that's, uh, there's not a lot else about him. Um he wasn't he was just an innkeeper as well so that's an interesting sort of because a lot of this you could, I think you could say it's quite a middle class occupation being a wizard hmm it was and there were a lot of them um, yes when I was in Robertson College Cambridge um making theatrical works with brilliant special effects mm-hmm. um I um was chatting one day to my friend Kerry who lived on the same corridor yeah and uh, she mentioned she was doing the history of the university uh, for a PhD and had just been looking through um, ledgers upon ledgers of, of people's names and occupations and she'd just that day come across a wizard. Wow. Uh, just Incidentally, it's mentioned next to his name, Adept in All Black Arts. Wow. Yeah, How, yeah. When, whenabouts was this? Like? Uh, about the 15th century, okay. 16th century, somewhere. somewhere so, right would you say that was the kind of pinnacle of this then? I think so, yeah. High point. Yeah, because it's the beginning of the print revolution. Yes. So you can... Um, you can you, pass things on yeah, yeah, there's, easily. There's access to texts by people like Marsilio Ficino um, and, um, oh, I don't know, Roger Bacon, that, that crowd. Alchemy texts become Those a lot lads. more prevalent. <laughs> yeah, lads, lads, lads. Of course, it goes on into the 19th century. There's another wave. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favourites is yes. a guy called Wizard Wrightson. Okay. Um, he's brilliant. I've, uh, I've been um, meaning for many, many years to go and see his house. Um... If it still exists, yeah, uh, it's uh, where, where is it? Uh, it's in North Yorkshire somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, he is brilliant. Again, he dresses just like a wizard. This guy is almost certainly a con artist. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he does um, magical readings, um, vague potiony stuff. He's he's a, a quack, effectively, but a quack who's brilliant at marketing. Oh, okay. Um, That's where you want to be if you're going to be a quack. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and word gets around the entire north of England there's this wizard and he, he plays right up to it wears wizard robes grows a big wizard beard um, has a big spooky wizard house nice. it's, it's awesome great I wanted to mention briefly um, the Cobb St Germain because I thought he sort of uh, sort of a special mention for him have you heard, <laughs> heard of the Cobb the Comte Le Comte de Saint Germain yes that guy yeah yeah um, so he was uh, allegedly an eight, uh, 18th century sort of nobleman mm-hmm. count French count who was also apparently um, uh, lots of things he was apparently immortal he was apparently an a alchemist a magician uh, a musician a philosopher a writer all these sort of things and uh, according to several different sources he sort of kept, kept popping up in history um, at different points where he's supposed to have aged but he hasn't and mm. there's, some, there's some like there's, I think there's a I think there's some actual recorded letters from royalty and from sort of diplomats saying oh I met the Compton huh. I swear I met him 50 years ago and he looks exactly the same oh. so that's pretty creepy but again he's sort of a, a mysterious figure oh there's a there's a postscript to, to Hugh uh, Draper I'll just read it directly from the, this is from the Guardian uh, what happened to Draper no one knows his death is not recorded in the tower annals nor is his escape or his later life 
Perhaps the occult experiment he was performing in the Salt Tower was a success, and he vanished from captivity in a puff of smoke. Brilliant. Um, so, uh, that's a bit of him. And then I also thought I should mention a guy I'd never heard of before, so I didn't look into him much, but his name is Elpheus Levi. Did you oh, heard yeah, of him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you know about Elpheus? Only his name. <laughs> I believe he is a wizard who made magical genes. Uh, you're wrong. Oh. I'm just going to tell you that now. He, so he's from uh, 1810 to 1875, uh-huh. which is the year Crowley was born. Ooh. Actually, Crowley claimed to be reincarnation of, of Levi, so um, probably not true, though. Uh, and <clears> he <throat> was f- French. Uh, oh, he was born Alphonse Louis Constant. Hmm. So I think he probably changed his name to sound a bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, but he uh, wrote books on transcendental magic, and lots of things that also influence people like Crowley. Mm-hmm. Um, he's apparently, according to um, Listerker.com, he started practicing magic when he met Edward Bulwer-Lytton. Oh, yeah, Bulwer-Lytton. Okay. Huh. Um, who introduced Levi to, and oh, I can never say this, Rosicrucian... Rosicrucianism. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a secret magical society based in medieval Germany. And apparently the tarot cards used today were introduced by Levi himself. That's um, fun. So that's there you where go. I've heard his name many years ago. Tarot I, cards. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I was commissioned to. Uh, I, I draw everyone. Um, I was commissioned to draw a uh, a set of new tarot cards um, for a play. Um, okay. And I had to look up the the, the history of tarot and, and sure. Yeah, make make sure all the iconography worked. And yeah, yeah, that's ah, where I heard there his you name. Go. And who yeah. was um, who's the guy he was hanging around with? Edward Bula Lighton. Um, Bulwar, say it? Uh, Bulwar Lytton, I've always Bulwar said Bulwar Lytton, yeah, no, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of socialite writery type. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another man about town. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. All yeah. guys here who seem to have a lot of time on their hands. Ah, uh, that's what uh, disposable income through <laughs> land wealth will do for you. <laughs> you too could be a magician. All you need is a lot of cash, a lot of time, and a lot of confidence. And a lot of land. And a lot of land. Or at least some land in London. To get your cash from. Yeah. Do you want to mention anyone else? Who else is fun? Do you want to mention any techniques? Or uh, we mentioned scrying. Mm. Obviously, they would they would look at the stars. They would sort of tr- uh, chart where the stars were going and what that meant for people's uh, astrological signs. They would um, they would read shapes and things. Sometimes uh-huh. was it was it was it, was it people like Ed, uh, John D who would look at wax shapes? Was that him? Uh, I don't think he, I don't know if he did actually. I, but people certainly did. A, yes, a lot of it was was based on divination. Um, yes, so the the idea of, of, of being able to determine uh, future events um, through uh, signs in things. Numerology is a classic one. Um, yeah, patterns and things like that. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, which, of course, I know that it's easy to find patterns and stuff. We're, we're we're programmed to do it. Yeah, and it's easy to construct narratives out of yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, the I Ching, for example, uh-huh. uh, is all to do with. Um, Vague numerology and um, and what is the I Ching? Oh, it's great! It's um, a a divination book um, from ancient Japan. Oh, cool! Um, and it's uh, it's it's impossible to read. I've 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 tried several times, um, and it's like it's just a you can't list read Japanese. of yeah yeah I've, I I just can't I can't work it out. I can't <laughs> I can't find where the A is. It's, yeah. Yeah, I think I suppose you could say that instead of um, disappearing, it sort of morphed into things like spiritualism. And just fortune tellers as a sort of 
fashion. And it still goes on in explicit form as well. Yeah. There's, there's lots. Um, there's a, uh, a great ethnography from the 1990s. Uh, I forget its name offhand, uh, but it's about um, suburban witches. Oh, cool. Um, now, we are going to do witches at some point, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so I won't, I won't go too far into it, but uh, they, uh, th- this anthropologist spent lots of time living with suburban witches. There's Great. Uh, another famous ethnography called um, something along the lines of um, witchcraft in the... I never know how to say this word, bocage or bossage uh, area of France. Oh, okay. Um, I also don't know. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, this awesome anthropologist called Favri Sada, um, and she again spends time with um, witches in, um, it seems, in France until any French listeners will doubtless correct me on this furiously, but it seems that until fairly recently, a lot of French rural people proudly self identified as peasants, which I find extraordinary. Um, and so she spends time with inverted commas French peasants right. and um, looks into their witchcraft beliefs and comes to believe them herself. There's there's quite a oh. few ethnographies where this happens, where, okay. where anthropologists, inverted commas, go native. Magicians, wizards, I think we I think we've covered that's all us I think. Yeah, now. yeah. Um I mean one <laughs> fine there's a couple of magic schools. Come on then. Which might be Hogwarts? Uh of or well, real ones. Of course Hogwarts, but uh yeah what do you mean real ones? Hogwarts is real. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> mm. As is Durmstrang, as is Beaubaton. Yep. Um, what as, about the American as is one? Is Ilvermorey? <laughs> <laughs> Not the American one. Uh, um, but yeah, um, there's been a copycat Hogwarts set up in the Czech Republic. Wow! Uh, you can go and uh, Warner Brothers are furious, as far yeah. as I know. Um, I think uh, all, all the subjects there are a bit. Have you seen Coming to America? Uh, the Eddie Murphy film? Yeah. No, not for a long time. There's a restaurant in Coming to America uh, called McDowell's, okay. run by Mr. McDowell, where everything's a, a thinly veiled rip-off of McDonald's. It's like that. Like they. Oh, that's fun. They have um, alchemy studies, but they call it gold doing or, or something but, but, like that. I mean, alchemy's not copyrighted. No, 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 no. But it's, it's, the, enti- it's the complete Hogwarts curriculum. Right, okay. But with like, slight, slight differences for copyright. Um, I feel like I, I would be quite disappointed because, you know, obviously you're not actually doing any magic as, as, as in the way you do it in Hogwarts, so it would always be a bit of a sort of shadow of what you yeah, what yeah, you imagine. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not a school for children though, surely? I think children can go there. Okay. I don't think it's a school for children. <laughs> so I think like, it's like, like week-long things. Get the council involved in that. <laughs> and where's the other one? The other one's in California. Uh, it was of started course it is. fairly recently, 2011, I think, right. uh, by a guy called Ravenheart. Of course who it was. again looks like a wizard. He's, yeah. But pointedly on purpose. He's more of the, the wizard rights and I'm going to dress like a wizard school of looking like a wizard. The Cornish Witchcraft Museum is now in London. I am so excited about that. So we will almost certainly be going near there to record something. Um, and I think that's us for today. Yeah. That's... Oh, well, Anything we else? haven't covered. I'm sure we'll think of things afterwards. Yeah, we definitely um, will. Alright, then thank you very much for listening. Um, oh, wait, please. wait, Eleanor, is that... Is that John D? Oh, sorry, you need to sign up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. yes, 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 yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Please follow us on Twitter at um, MythPod and um, tweet us uh, if you'd like uh, to hear more. And uh, oh, if you want suggestions for episodes as well, because we, you know, we're we're open to anything as long as we can get there 
reasonably cheaply. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah and, and suggest one outside London, everyone. We've been in London for such a long very time. Boring. We're very sorry. We know it's not very exciting. It's just it's so so easy to do, and we're we're always broke. Um, but yeah, follow us on Twitter and uh, get in touch and tell people if you enjoyed this. Please tell people about it. And um, what were you saying, Will? What were you just acting out there? Oh, acting out. Nothing, Eleanor. I was I was merely observing that. Oh look. It's John Dee oh rising god. from the River Thames. Oh my god, he's soaking wet. Yeah, we, we must towel him down and get him warm. He looks he looks furious. Oh, well, so would you be if you've been in the Thames for 400 years. Yeah, all right then. Gosh, look how he's shivering. John, come this way, we'll, we'll towel you. Good Goodbye. Good, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.